welcome to the Compassionate Business Collective. I'm Alex Oakle, registered associate nutritionist turned compassionate business coach. I help wellbeing professionals build and scale their businesses with impact and without burnout. Join me every week for chats about business basics, online marketing, getting more visible, scaling with success, and more importantly, building a business in true alignment with your values and without compromising your own wellbeing. Everyone, I am joined today by Ellie Keim, who is also known as the wedding enthusiast over on Instagram and just kind of the enthusiast and co. So, Ellie, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm well excited. So, I think it's always best, especially for someone who is a bit of a multi-hyphener, a bit like me, has loads of different interests and loads of different businesses and services going on. If you don't mind introducing yourself to my audience so they know exactly who you are and what you do. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's really ironic because one of the things I do is I'm a writer that helps people talk about themselves, but I absolutely hate doing this like elevator pitch, (laughs) like what I am, because I'm just like, I'm just me, you know, but um, I am a writer primarily um, helping small businesses um, with their websites and their blogs so that they can kind of connect with the clients that really get them um, and help them write with the passion and personality that I think all small businesses have and should harness. Um, I am also a podcaster as well. I have a podcast with uh, my friend Rachel um, and I also, as you said, run The Enthusiast, which is a platform that I created to encourage people to be more enthusiastic, be more unapologetically themselves um, for no other reason than I think caring is really, really cool and we should be allowed to do more of it. That's that's pretty much it. I love that. It's such a nice message. Um, and that kind of spans, I guess, all of the different work that you do. The The overarching theme is enthusiasm, compassion. Yes. Caring. Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Um, and I um, actually found you through the podcast. I absolutely love it. My friend, Eleanor, who is a, she's a fashion designer and she runs Wild Strings. Um, it's an amazing uh, online shop. Yeah. So she introduced me to you. But she was like, well, you know, it's not particularly like necessarily um, exactly for you. They started as a wedding podcast. And is that right? So you started off talking just kind of like about the wedding industry, but now you kind of chat about anything small business and just kind of, it's more of a, I think like we're a chatty community space just to kind of have those um, conversations that we all need to be hearing. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you describe it as a community space. Thank you. I will be stealing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, so I start, well, as, as my business name may betray, I started out in the wedding industry and still primarily do work in the wedding industry. Um, it's where I always wanted to work in. Uh, but I really quickly realised that being a wedding planner was not as fun as I thought it was it was still fun but if the couple weren't like my absolute best friends in the world I just found it really stressful like it's such a responsibility um so mm-hmm. I've kind of I dropped the wedding planning side and I'm just a wedding uh, copywriter now but the copywriting extends to other businesses and my co-host Rachel was a wedding stylist and is now a content creating uh, kind of specialist and coach so yeah so we started off specifically talking to wedding businesses um but I think especially with the past couple of years a lot of businesses that were weddings only have had to pivot and so it's been nice actually to kind of go on the journey with our listeners um because one of the yeah one of the, the thing we really aim to do is to just be like creative colleagues for people you know t- chatting about what it's like to run a small business and we don't profess to have all the answers I mean Rachel is an expert in her field I wouldn't call myself an expert in mine but you know we're turning up being like god this is what life's like um yeah and it's just when you're when you're on your own is um when you work on your own specific specifically there's there's loads of gorgeous people on Instagram and loads of communities but um sometimes you just miss the chat of being in an office I think and that's what we kind of try and give 
Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, it definitely gives that sort of vibe of just like listening into someone's conversation, Yay. which is my favorite type of podcast. <laughs> Being a nosy person. Have you, side um, note, have you listened to Normal Gossip, the podcast? No, but that sounds up my street. Oh my God. Uh, complete sidebar. Uh, yeah, Normal Gossip is by a woman called Kelsey McKinnon, I think. And essentially, people send in their gossip stories that are anonymized uh, so they can't be traced back. But it's some it's wild stuff, ma'am. You should. You should. I love the idea of that. I am definitely going to be listening to that. <laughs> um, I So you, Scott, started, um, like you said, as kind of wedding planner. Now you specialise in, um, I think you help like um, wedding, like anyone basically who contributes to a wedding, you basically help them out, don't you, really, in terms of their content and their writing. Yeah. Why weddings? Like what was the appeal there or what kind of, yeah, why weddings? That's the question. <laughs> that is a question and it is a good question. Um, I've just always loved them. I really have always loved them, I think. And, you know, I think they get a very fair... Um questioning in our day and age I think there's a lot well there's two parts to it really basically I'm a hopeless romantic I love the idea of enjoying celebrating your love with all the people that you love I absolutely adore that idea as one it combines all the things I love parties to-do lists and you know having a good time with your family and friends and good food and good drink I don't think you can get any better than that um but also it's really important to me um to try and help the industry change make the changes it needs to or um kind of promote the changes that the industry has made because I think a lot of people um have a very heteronormative idea of the wedding industry because that is the popular image uh, and so uh, you know I'm I'm really I feel very lucky to be part of an industry that is changing and to be part of of the kind of you know if this isn't too big-headed to say part of the people spearheading not spearheading but part of that change at least um yeah, because the wedding industry is, you know, love is for everyone, but traditionally the wedding industry hasn't been. And so, um, yeah, I feel really lucky to be surrounded by so many and championing so many businesses who are spearheading that change. Mm, absolutely. That's um, that's really interesting. And as someone who got married this year, I'm not sure I'd want to be, like you said, helping other people just because of that stress element of it's just, it's a lot. It's all encompassing, isn't it? The wedding kind of, oh, when you're in wedding God. world, it's like, yeah. whoa, there's nothing else and like, you <laughs> know, going on. The, 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 and I didn't realise this when I was younger, but, you know, so much of the narrative around it is just like, it, it, will, it has to be the best day of your life. And even if, you know, even though I think, luckily culturally we've kind of got over the whole you have to lose weight for your wedding thing now but still it has to be the best day of your life there's so much pressure to make it instagram perfect you know there's the assumption that you're going to change your name there's just still so many and like you know weddings and and marriages are they were traditionally like the reason we wear a ring is because roman roman men wanted to show that they women were their property like there are so many patriarchal Mm. things tied up in it however i do think if we can strip those bits away the idea of partying and celebrating however that looks for you with whomever you want i think we should do a lot more celebration of those kind of things in our life so um so yeah they're trying to take away the stress element as well I think for people and working with businesses who do that I think is is really important um and also I'm very lucky because this question why weddings was was posited to me a lot when I set my business up which was kind of you know in the fallow period between um finishing uni and graduating um because I went to uni to do philosophy which was a big mistake <laughs> um <laughs> but a lot of people were like god it's a bit weird that you're obsessed with weddings at 21 isn't it and I didn't think it was weird at all really um but I was you know having to work out why I didn't think it was weird when clearly everyone else thought it was a bit uh you know bizarre uh, and that's what actually inspired me to start the enthusiast so uh yeah it's a very pertinent question actually <laughs> mm, yeah I like that it kind of just the idea of celebrating 
being passionate about things or having interests or having hobbies and celebrating maybe the the hobbies or interests that maybe people like you said find a bit strange I love the idea of that as someone this is something that came up last week um my my godmother who I'm really close with was like yeah I just remember you used to just be obsessed with the sims and play I say I still play weekly you know I have like a massive love for video games and it's one of my favorite things that makes, lets me really switch off from yeah. work and like but a lot of people find that strange a grown adult playing <laughs> you know games like that but I just love the fact that you're all about celebrating those kind of things that just we just and you know we just love and we just don't have to explain it to other people it's just something that we really enjoy so yeah, yeah I really like that oh, um so you are, like I've been saying, you're a multi-hyphenate. How do you balance all of the different things? Because I know that you have recently um, released a magazine. You have like, you know, caring is cool merchandise. Um, you have loads of different things going on. Like, how do you find that balance kind of in terms of actually kind of getting the work done, but also mentally like compartmentalizing all of the different areas and aspects of your business like how does that kind of look practically to you that is an another excellent question and to be totally transparent the answer is not very well (laughs) I don't I don't think I have particularly good processes to compartmentalize I think I am very lucky in that I genuinely love everything I do so you know I kind of still view the enthusiasts as, as almost like a passion project kind of side hustle because you know my main bread and butter is is copywriting but I also love the copywriting so you know one of them doesn't feel like an escape from the other so um I'm very lucky in that most of the time when you find me you know working it's because it's something I've wanted to you know I I really enjoy it but having said that you know that have if if you love what you do you're actually more prone to burnout aren't you so um I have over the past couple of years I'd implemented some things to kind of try and prevent that from happening again and I think a lot of it just comes down to having a good to-do list which I know is such a banal like boring response and I'm so sorry (laughs) um but yeah having having a good to-do list really does and and just like getting everything down on paper I really I'm such an analog analog person like you know if it's not written down on a piece of paper it will not get done sorry but that is the way this world works uh for me (laughs) so yeah just and and I think also another thing that I've really invested in is working with people who can help me figure out those processes for myself um which I know sounds like an advert for you as a coach and I promise that wasn't you know you can just pay me later Alex but um working with people who have helped me kind of uh figure out for myself what will be the best way that I personally operate um because you know I don't know if you do this but I see on Instagram so many people are like oh I tried this and it changed my life and I'm like brilliant that'll change mine and then it doesn't work for me for whatever reason and then I feel like a failure whereas actually I think you know investing in people who will work one-to-one with me to work out the way that I work best has really helped me uh, in the long run kind of manage all the bits um that I'm juggling slash sometimes mm-hmm. dropping <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and that's something that I definitely came to a realization about in maybe like the last not even that long less than a year of I would often look at other people and the way they were doing things and I was like well that has to work because they have quote-unquote success yep. and I just copy it and try and do what other people were doing and now I'm a much more like pick and choose the methods that work for me. And that's what I also do with my clients. It's like, well, let me get to know you better and figure out how you work and what makes sense to you. I think especially people who are in kind of like the creative industry, we want to be helping and spreading our creativity and excitement about other things to as many people as possible. But that often can lead to burning out. And when your job is your hobby, which I often feel like for me it is as well, yeah. that it's uh it bleeds into everyday life. And I think it is just sometimes it's just, you know, the way 
sometimes it's just the way you are like I'm in previous years and previous iterations of the enthusiast I've fallen into the trap of being like do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and whatever and now I'm like well that's rubbish because you can do what you love and it still be a really hard day's work and also if, if there are people who don't you know who work an office job that they don't particularly care for but they can compartmentalize that work you know nine to five feel fulfilled and then get out of it what they want to get out of it which is money freedom etc you know that totally fair enough and really happy that they can do that I can't personally do that you know that's just not the way I'm wired but if it gives them the space that they want to then do what they love outside of work then like you know totally good for them um but yeah I think it's just the way I'm wired is that I have to be really you know I don't do a good job about something if I'm not passionate about it um which mm-hmm. is a vicious cycle because then yeah it means that I can't sometimes can't take a step back and see the wood for the trees and be like oh actually maybe I just need to call this I'm like no I am fully invested in this and there is no way out <laughs> yes Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. And I think on the back of that, um, a good question next is what does being an enthusiast mean to you? Because obviously that is in all of your businesses names. (laughs) So what does being an enthusiast mean? It's a, I'm just, after every question, I'm like, that's a good question. Imagine if I just turned around and was like, terrible question. Next, you'd be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just do your research. Um, It's about it's a, it's not really a word it's a way of life no it's about being unapologetic in what you love and I think prioritizing those things in your life and looking out for yourself and believing in yourself enough that you believe that you deserve those things to make them a priority I think that's the main thing so you know a lot of the time we equate enthusiasm with like this over the top like you know American cheerleader-esque portrayal of like bouncing off the walls and like you know pet rallies and stuff and like look I will be the biggest cheerleader of you if you want me to be that is absolutely the role I can play but also you know enthusiasm is it's it's a quiet burning in you it's like a fire that you keep stoking like you know you can be super enthusiastic about entirely solo pursuits you don't have to it doesn't have to be something as you said like with the sims it doesn't have to be something that is a big part of your external personality it can be something that you can keep for you um Mm -hmm. and it doesn't even need to be about anything in particular like um you know I, I don't have any particular hobbies or like anything that I do I mean we'd call it extracurricular well wouldn't we if it was 10 years ago and we were still at school mm-hmm. um I don't have anything kind of in that in that realm but I just am very enthusiastic about general things and so I think it's yeah just looking at things with a certain um yeah acknowledgement that it's it's great to care about things and that we shouldn't be made to feel embarrassed or pathetic or like snowflakes or you know any of those like rubbish judgy words that are put on us by people who are just at the end of the day let's not lie to ourselves just jealous of us being able mm-hmm. to feel like we're open enough to do that you know it's that classic thing that your mum always says when you're getting bullied but it's like it says more about them than it does about you and it's like at the time you're like yeah okay mum but it really is a reflection on me and now I'm like oh no it is about them yeah yes definitely and I think that um when because like a lot of your kind of like merch and all of that sort of stuff is like caring is cool mm-hmm. and all of this and it's so that um going against what was the norm when like you said when we were at school I think like where caring was not cool and it was cool to be completely dissociated from any hobbies interests anything you're enthusiastic about so it's really nice to like reclaim that I think and yeah actually yeah and it is it's like you know like it was that cool girl thing of like being completely apathetic and not letting anything bother you and then now Mm. I think it's gone almost completely the other way like you know kids nowadays are called snowflakes because they care too much about stuff and it's like okay so what's the middle ground then like you know you don't want us to care about stuff what exactly what do you want from me um and I think there's nothing lovelier than than caring about something and you know it does it's not completely 
a free ride. Like I was, we were watching a TV show the other day and I was like sobbing and it was a TV show that had been out for a couple of years. They haven't really, it's been cancelled by Netflix. And I was like sobbing to my boyfriend because I was like, I just love these characters so much. I know they're fictional, but I love them so much. And it upsets me greatly that there will never be a resolution to this like TV series. And I was thinking in that moment, I was like, God, if I didn't care as much, my life would be so much easier right now. But, you know, yeah. the flip side is still, it's, yeah, it's a lovely thing to have something that you really care about and hold dear. I think it's, it sounds really grandiose, but I really do think it's what make makes life worth living, like being enthusiastic about stuff and yeah, just doing it for yourself. I love it. Mm. And actually, um, I was listening to your podcast episode about TikTok because mm. I think, like me, you have a love-hate relationship with everything social media yeah. and we could you know talk that could be a whole um but what I I don't think we've got enough on our plates actually you and I could start a third podcast about social media let's should we do that (laughs) yeah absolutely um but what I really liked um that you were talking about and it was something that came up for me I was you know scrolling and I found this guy and he said oh my my mum told me to make this TikTok because all I talk about is like like crocheting Mm -hmm. things and reading and his whole account is just what he's crocheting. He makes like crocheted watermelon slices and then he'll say like what book he's reading. And I'm like, I love that this guy is just so enthusiastic about these two things. Yep. And I think that's what TikTok's kind of made up for that Instagram was lacking. 100%. This like, I'm just here to share my love of XYZ gardening, yep. you know, like growing my own vegetables, cooking crocheting reading you know unapologetically just like really leaning into hobbies and like pursuits you know creative pursuits or whatever that looks like and I love that about TikTok and I think that's um yeah I just thought that was amazing and then when you know you were talking about it on the podcast and I was like yes this is when social media can you know be for good and actually like bring a lot of joy to people's lives and also create that community which I think is what the point of social media was for yeah oh I couldn't agree more honestly because it's like you know if I look at my Instagram explore page it's like aesthetically it's stuff that I like but it's not like anybody that I look at and I think god I must follow them whereas my TikTok algorithm scarily may I say just serves me such niche content that I'm just like are you are you inside my brain though yeah. um and yeah I think it's and like you know there's, there's been a lot of discussion around kind of you know TikTok is accelerating the micro trend and it's been really um prevalent in like fast fashion for example like it's been really key in like expediting the process of kind of you know the thousands of calls we've had in the past two years um but yeah for hobbies I think it's exactly that it's like you know finding the people who also do that thing that you do and love it as much as you do as well I think it's a really really lovely thing and it is it's the only reason I'm still on TikTok because the 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 potential of that platform terrifies me as an old grandma who would just like stay on Instagram with the community she's built um maybe dip into Facebook every once in a while if I'm feeling crazy um <laughs> yeah the, the virality of it but the, the, the potential of that platform to connect with people who who really do as you say feel just as like potently connected to it as that is um yeah it's a lovely thing and it's just like I follow so many random accounts like spreadsheets not that I'm particularly enthusiastic about spreadsheets but I love watching people that are like I was watching one yesterday this is a very weird angle for this to go down although kind of relevant to your um I guess to your nutrition <laughs> um 
business, but uh, Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, they got their first colonoscopies oh, videoed. Yeah. And there was, a, there was a guy, there was a, a doctor, one of the doctors, and he was just so enthusiastic about colonoscopies. And I was like, this has to be, this has to be a wind up. Like nobody is that interested in the bowel. This guy loved it. He was mad for yeah. it. And it was just like, do you know what? I'm so happy that you are, A, you know, doing, doing something you love and B, you know, getting the credit you deserve for how much you love it. Like, it's just really lovely to see. So you don't get that on Instagram, do you? <laughs> You do not. And yeah, I think that's what can be so nice about places like TikTok. But on that note, I, you said that, um, well, I saw it because I follow you on TikTok, that one of your uh, videos went yeah. quite viral. How did that feel for you? I think maybe a word would be overwhelm? Yeah. I, <laughs> Anxiety? Uh, yeah. I mean, overwhelm is a, is a nice way of catching it. I was genuinely terrified, uh, like, uh, which is so, and it, it's something I have a fear of anyway. Like, I really do have a fear of going viral. Um but, the, you know, and I was texting Rachel about it and I was just like, this is my worst nightmare. And she's like, you'll be fine. And I was like, but I'm dying, though. So, you know, that's yeah. not very helpful. Uh, yeah, completely overwhelming. I had to uh, just I kept like just toggling the video from um, public to private just to like give myself some respite. Mm. Because it was funny. I was out for a friend's dinner for their birthday and my friend texted me like, God, your TikTok's doing bits, isn't it? And I was like, wow, there's no need to be sarcastic, is there? Like I was really trying. The three there. views. Yeah, I was like, yeah, three views and I saved from my mum. So to you. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went on it and I was like, oh God, it's got like 2,000 likes or whatever. And yeah, it's now chilling at a, a rough 11,000 uh, likes and 3,000 saves or something. Which like, if you just think of the sheer numbers of that is terrifying and it's like you know I never had an Instagram post go that viral but I've had Instagram posts go semi-viral in my time and even that is you know above and beyond any of the numbers I've ever had on there it's just which is you know on a good day I think it's amazing to connect with that many people and I'm so glad it resonated and it was highlighting a really cool thing and and then on bad days I'm like oh my god I'm gonna die (laughs) Yeah. yeah it can definitely feel like you're like I feel like I'm just like pushing content out there and I'm doing it for the people who follow mm-hmm. me and who I know are looking and I'm like yes this is what they'll want to see and then don't really think about the bigger picture yeah. of like what if loads of people did see it like how would I feel and yeah. would I be able to cope with the comments that's it and, the... and it's like it's one of those yeah. things, isn't it? it's like what we hope for like we post you know we post that we're always talking about the algorithm and like how we wish we were seen by more people and then you know beggars can't be choosers but as soon as more people did see mine I was like actually if we could just turn this down slightly so now yeah. I really you know like when I TikTok I do and it gets like six likes or or you know get six likes I'm like yep yeah, okay that's fine <laughs> rather that than having yeah. to deal with yeah strangers mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's just that fear of what's gonna be said I think in two um, years time though I think we'll probably just I'll be like yeah that's TikTok but it's just such a new feeling especially after other platforms being stagnant for so long it was just like oh my god this is overwhelming exactly that was the exact word Mm. for it so yeah and also it's a bit of a it's something I have very personal reservations about anyway like it really does it is a genuine fear of mine um and it's a real trigger for me so I think it I had a specific reaction to it that isn't necessarily normal (laughs) um I am aware of that but yeah it was a it was a crazy time crazy time shake I'm really yeah TikTok yeah it's I just find it fascinating like for me it's just I'm just so interested in the people on it people making so much money from it TikTok shop I'm overwhelmed by that I'm like (laughs) why are these makeup sponges so cheap who is shipping them yeah why are people buying them and why are there so many coupons that they want to give me in my head in my head I was like oh it's just like you know it's like AliExpress or something. And then as small businesses I know have started adding themselves on it, I'm like, oh no, I need to get on this. Like this is the next new thing. And I just, I can't add another string to my bow. Like being a business mm. owner is too much, man. <laughs> 
It really is, isn't it? And actually that's like, so yeah, that's the thing with being, once you get, once you start your online business and you feel like you're getting somewhere, you feel like there's some traction coming, then you'll speak to people or you'll see other people and you'll think, God, I need to add Pinterest to my, okay, okay, let's say I'm going to buy a course for that and I'm going to do that and I'm going to add that in. And then it's just that feeling of, again, overwhelm of there's, there's so much you could be doing, but do we need to be doing it all? Not necessarily. And what would we do even if our businesses grew overnight mm-hmm. and we got all of these like is that actually what we want is that good mm-hmm. like it's just a lot basically so yeah I really resonate with that whole thought process of like you could never end with being a small business like you could just go on and on and on and yeah. like do you want to you know grow and scale and like hire employees and have this whole thing well, I'm not sure I do like yeah. I quite like my <laughs> little business I've got going and I think it goes back to what we were saying before doesn't it about like you know doing having having a, a an overarching view of what you do want and I I don't really respond well to goal not don't respond well but you know goals terrify me I'm not particularly good at setting them like a five-year plan brings me out in hives like you know that doesn't really resonate with me however um the idea of having that kind of top level view of your business whether that's working with a coach or you know kind of working through a, a program online or something or even just kind of journaling with yourself just having that kind of top level overview so that everything new that comes up everything shiny everything that you see somebody doing that you kind of feel an inkling towards maybe wanting to do you can then check in with it and say like actually is this going to advance me does this feel good does this feel right or is it something that is yeah just going to detract me uh distract me sorry make me feel stressed and then you know we're going to have to circle back to point one anyway so Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um so as you are all about enthusiasm how can we find enthusiasm in our businesses which obviously this podcast is for Mm -hmm. business owners but also in our everyday lives and not you know thinking outside of the business box yeah so I think in business um I think find it kind of relates to what we were just talking about but I think doing bits that make you happy is a very key one so obviously as a business we need to be profitable and we need to be unapologetic in the fact that we deserve to be paid for what we do that is entirely separate from also the fact that sometimes we need to be guided by what we want to do not what's maybe financially savvy if you've got that space to play with so you know for example in my um so as you as you very kindly mentioned I sell merch and one of the things I do is I put a little fortune teller in there um you know and some like extra bits and stickers and stuff just as like little gifts um Mm -hmm. which you know it I mean it doesn't cost me loads to put them in there I'm not suggesting I'm like giving away it's not like Oprah like you get a car and you um, I'd like to see you try and drive a fortune tell us what um, but it's something that I really enjoy I just really enjoyed the whole process of kind of putting that package together uh, and yeah you know I would save x amount of money a year if I didn't do that but I wouldn't be as happy with the products that are going out and that's you know it's kind of might sound foolish to be enthusiastic about something so small but it really does make me enjoy packing orders for example um and so I think it is yeah doing and then also as I say connecting back with and this is such a business cliche but for a re- you know often cliches are cliches for a reason just reconnecting with your why I think one of the reasons we kind of become less infused with our, our businesses because sometimes we kind of feel like we're just doing things by rote um and I think yeah remembering your why because the what and the how might change they might fluctuate over time and so might your why but at least if you know that you can do something about it I think that's another really key one and then um spending time to be creative even if you don't have a creative business I think it's really important to keep inspired and kind of stoke that creative fire because even if you 
wouldn't call yourself traditionally creative I think to run a small business you have to have some element of creativity because you have created something from nothing and I think staying inspired and and, yeah seeing new things and experiencing new things I think is very important to that and I think we should see that as part of business development and give ourselves more time to do that during working hours and see it as part of a part of a business thing rather than just you know a nice thing to do on a weekend or whatever Mm -hmm, definitely and I think um you know going back to your why is a huge part of what what I do now Mm -hmm. with like my clients and something that I have to like always keep thinking back to when I'm thinking about like new opportunities that come in or if I'm thinking about new you know like something to add to my product suite or like whatever I'm doing I think taking that time to come back to your why and thinking will this bring me joy is this just what I feel like I should be doing or because someone else is doing it or because it's just kind of what's naturally expected of me now you know it's kind of coming back to that well why am I doing this is this something that brings me joy does it align with my values and just taking like a second but I think the way that we like live and work now it's it doesn't it doesn't like really work well to be taking that time to, to just take a pause whereas I like really focusing on that and taking a breath and seeing whether it still feels good yeah definitely and it's like you know I've fallen foul of this so many times and, and will continue to do so it's not like you know I'm not magically cured sadly um but yeah I think the the pause is is really important and it's just having making space I think that was my year of that was my word of the year for this year was just like space just making that space to kind of be able to take a step back and have a think and assess things and that's not to say that I don't you know sometimes just do things from the heart because sometimes you just know in your gut that it feels right and sometimes you just have to you just know that you're gonna have to give it a go you'll never forgive yourself um mm-hmm. but yeah just knowing knowing why you're doing things and knowing that you're doing it for yourself um rather than as you say because it's what's expected of you because you've just kind of fallen into it and you don't really love it those kind of things I think we we think that we operate from our why a lot of the time, but I think consciously we operate from it a minuscule amount of time and we would we could do with all, I think, questioning our why or like reconnecting with our why a bit more. Mm-hmm, definitely. I think it's, um, and it can kind of feel really challenging to turn down things that maybe don't bring us that. And, you know, obviously it's, it's priv- like a privileged position to be yeah. in sometimes to kind of say no to work. And I get that, you know, especially at the moment that we do have to maybe a bit more adaptable and, you know, things like that. But it is really important to remember that, especially if, you know, you are building your own business, like you, you have that, you, you know, you are allowed to pick your own like destiny with that and pick your own adventure mm-hmm. and, and to see where you want to go rather than doing what, what's, um, what's expected of you which is kind of the whole point of having your own business so yeah, yeah I love I love, so- I love calling it a pick your own adventure like I love that so much one of my on the TikTok conversation one of my favorite creators to follow her name is um side quests with Evie and she was just like I have some days off and I don't know what to do with them so I'm just going to become like a little you know do some kind of like main character energy and just tick some things off that I've never done like her first day she's like I've never seen a seal I really want to go see a seal um <laughs> and I love that idea of like yeah the pick your own adventure because because that is you do the world is your oyster and you are its shining pearl like you know as you say there's there's privileges within that and there's there's uh, boundaries to that in certain extents but yeah picking your own adventure I think is is a wonderful way of looking at it I love that Mm. so how can finding your enthusiasm benefit your business I mean I think it's quite clear that if you're enthusiastic and you're showing up every day with excitement and energy that it's going to benefit your business in some way but like do you have any kind of examples of how that's um benefited you or maybe the people that you've worked with yeah I think well for me where it comes across very often because you know I don't work one-to-one with clients in like a coaching capacity or you know a, a strictly enthusiasm 
kind of teaching capacity uh, but it's something I weave into a lot of my copy work which is where I do work with with business owners one-to-one and I think it it just it really does help on a purely financial level it helps people connect with you in a way that you might not be able to foresee uh and in turn it also emotionally helps people connect with you and then you feel like you've got more of a community you feel like you're making more of a difference you kind of you know you can see the impact that you're having more um which I absolutely adore to see you know I've had people who have have rejigged their like out of office or you know their autoresponder email or, or something to uh be more personality filled and kind of talk more about what they love and they've had people book them off the back of their out of office email because they just knew that they were going to be that kind of person like and I love those success stories I absolutely adore them um Mm -hmm. so yeah they're the kind of specific ones I get a lot of the time um and I think also it is about being and again this is such a cliche like the problem with working in enthusiasm is that it's so easy to kind of tread that line of like you know like um white girl like toxic positivity like you know slate del boss kind of vibe um but you know uh being yourself i think is the main the major thing um it allows you to be more yourself and to be celebrated for that and to find the people who love that and i think that is just an amazing thing and the fact that i get to help people you know whenever people send me messages and say you encouraged me to do x and now i feel x like i absolutely you know i love it it's such a privilege to do that so yeah it just it is as you say it's one of those things that you kind of it's obvious but also putting it into words putting the impact into words is really difficult because it's like everything Mm -hmm. and nothing but mainly everything (laughs) yeah Yeah. um I was you know I I coach well-being professionals so Mm -hmm. it's people who are you know like nutritionists dietitians acupuncturists all of those sort of people Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of my clients and like I'm saying this from a call that I actually had earlier today are are quite scared of putting their personality Mm -hmm. at the forefront of kind of like fear of not being professional mm-hmm. which has its all like that could be a whole conversation about like the connotations that being professional has yeah. um around it but I actually like what I was saying to my client and something that I've you know come to realize because when I first started out I was very much that person treading you know on eggshells not sure what I could say mm-hmm. how much could I say about me and my story but I actually find that the more that you, of you that you put out there obviously within you know your personal boundaries of what how much you want to share mm-hmm you just attract the sort of people that light you up and bring you so much joy to work with and that excite, you know, you get excited to jump on a call with them or, you know, in your case, you, you know, you love their work and want to write about them. And it, you know, it it just brings a whole new level to, to working with someone. And I think, yeah, people have a lot of fear, I think about sharing that personality, but I found personally just such a huge, uh, it made such a huge impact for me because I was just connecting with the right people. So yeah, I love throwing personality in where I can. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's especially important kind of, as you say, in the industries that we're both working with, it's such important things that we're dealing with. But I think, you know, especially when you're working one-to-one with people, it's, you know, people, customers, potential customers don't just want to know that you can do the job that they can pay you to do the job they want to know why you're the person they should pay like why you are the person to give that service and I think as you say as you very correctly point out it's got to be within boundaries like you know you don't want to be there needs to be some kind of space between them so that you can keep some of yourself that's not just you know a public image um but I, I think we are thankfully coming out of a period now where we feel like professionalism and personality are worlds apart um mm-hmm. I think they're much more they're much closer than some people think um and also it's a classic at age age as well of like you know not everyone is your ideal client and that's okay like 
Yeah. And that is something I hate because I'm always like, no, everyone, I can speak to everyone. No, everyone pay me and I will speak to you all and we'll figure it all out together. Um, actually, yeah. you know, it's it saves you in the long run, as you say, because if you're, you know, two months into a three-month coaching package of somebody who was not the right fit and you both hate turning up to the calls, like nobody's getting that. Nobody's getting a good thing out of that. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, especially for the kind of, the people who I work with who are speaking with that person for mm-hmm. now, you know, like nutrition professionals, those you know, spending an hour with someone on a call is pretty intense. You know, mm-hmm. you want to like that person. Yeah. <laughs> like, they've got the qualifications. Like, you still want to connect with them and, yeah, have, you know, be on the same kind of level and and, and be able to open up to them, which is obviously so important when you're having that kind of professional mm-hmm. um, therapeutic relationship with someone. So, yeah, definitely bringing in personality is for sure key. So I think that brings us to a close for this conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure talking all things enthusiasm with you and small businesses and everything. I feel like we've covered a lot of bases. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you if they want to, you know, see you on Instagram and also can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Yeah. So, um, I am on Instagram. So for the copywriting stuff, it's at the wedding enthusiast. Um, it's not just wedding businesses, but mainly the content is wedding related. Um, mm-hmm. For the enthusiast, it's at the enthusiast and co, which is where you can find out more about my merchandise and my magazine and just, you know, my blog, my newsletter, that kind of thing. Um, and then, yeah, the podcast I co-own. We call, we, I have to really stop myself from saying co-parent because that's a joke we make internally, <laughs> like, oh, it's our baby. But then I'm like, no, like that. Like, I quite like it. Yeah, which is, <laughs> very kind of you to say but that joke doesn't fly past a certain like level of if you understand the podcast um yeah so that's called the business proposal podcast uh, you can find it on all the podcast providers and yeah at, on instagram we're at business proposal podcast um with hindsight wish we'd chosen a name that we could actually say easier i cannot tell you how many times i stumble over the name of our bloody podcast um but yeah, yeah. that's creative colleague chats and just yeah general vibes <laughs> Perfect. No, I'm with you with that, with the Compassionate Business Collective. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when it's like written down, you're like, this is so perfect. I, I'm going to power through because like Compassionate Business Collective yeah. is so, such a good name. But then you have to say it 25 times when you're back filming TikToks and stuff. And you're like, ah, damn it. Ah! Yes, exactly. I know. I didn't say out loud before I like did all of the branding and stuff. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, no. you're like, but there's two late now. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. It was gorgeous.